Kick Danny Beard. Today we are going to talk about use it or lose it. The concept of use it or lose it can be in my field, what I like to generally equate it to is physicality, like muscle, bones, tendons, ligaments, your lungs, your heart, your mobility, your balance, your immune system, your brain, things like that. But there's more to it than just those things that I'm speaking of. Use it or lose it can go so wide ranging that I'm sure we can talk about many other subjects because you can use it or lose it with many things above and beyond just physicality. You can lose traction in things like say you're a writer. Maybe you're a prolific writer. You wrote every day, you wrote novels, you wrote scripts, something like that. But then you take years off, maybe a decade off. You're not going to be the same writer anymore. Uh, Cooking. Maybe you used to be a prolific cook. Maybe you used to work for a restaurant. So anything, communication, uh, socialization with people. COVID caused a big lapse of communication and socializing with people because we got isolated and left to the device of social media and other forms to communicate with people. That's not real communication. So anyways, I'm just saying it can be anything running uh, photography meditation can be sex can be with computers it, it doesn't make a difference the theme that we're passing along here is use it or lose it there's many ways we can discuss this let's talk about physicality starting out with the human body have you noticed over time if you don't use something danny that you lose the abilities that you used to have Oh, absolutely. Give me an example, man. What's something that you have noticed over time? Well, when I was laid off from the gym for two years, and not, I don't want to just say not working out, but also, I mean, I had a pretty decent routine with uh, keeping my mobility up. So as far as like stretching, I even I even got into doing a little bit of yoga. I wasn't very good at it because that shit's hard as fuck. Anybody tells you you the lies, they're a liar. Yeah, it's not not for pussies. It doesn't, it's not emasculating. It's a very good practice. But that's definitely an example. Uh, Two years of laid up, you know, not not doing much physical stuff. And after a while, you start realizing how bad your joints hurt, how much your tendons and ligaments don't stretch and move the way they used to. And then on top of that, just overall, you're, not just your mobility, but like, I mean, I was getting muscle cramps, um, a lot of muscle fatigue. I think I told you one time about walking up a <laughs> seven or eight flights of stairs one day. I thought I was going to die from a heart attack, but literally my legs were burning. My whole body was burning from that. And that just showed how being out of the gym for, you know, two plus years, uh, it really takes a toll on you. So I hate that old adage that it's like, a lot of people say, oh, it's like riding a bike, you know, hop back on and everything's good. It's like, no, it's, it, it's you may have the, you know, you, you know how intelligence, to, right. You know how to do it, but it doesn't mean you're going to do it well. Fuck no, especially at first. I mean, you get back into the gym and for like usually about the first four to six weeks, it's just pure hell. There's that. That, that would be a good example of the physical aspects. One of the reasons this happens is because your body literally prunes off neurons in your brain and restricts access to things that are consuming energy that you don't need. Your body is economical in that fact. So if your body realizes you're not using something like your body, your brain, whatever it is, it will actually start pruning off, hedging those 
neurons, saving energy from expending it on those things. And it will retard the progress that you made in those things and you will regress. So that is why you realize if you take time off from doing any kind of physical activity, you have atrophy. You have things like lack of mobility, lack of, lack of flexibility, lack of strength, lack of bone strength, uh, tendons, ligaments, all those things. It's a great universal truth that if you don't use it, you actually lose it. It doesn't mean it's gone for good. It just means you need to put some focus on regaining whatever it is you lost. So with, with physicality, since we're kind of starting off in this range here of discussion, yeah, so you take time off from, say, the gym, or maybe it's something as everybody out there is not a gym junkie. Maybe uh, you've had gotten complacent and you had a job that has you very sedentary, very much sitting, very much doing nothing. You're, you, you wake up, you get dressed, you get into your car sitting, you go to your job, you're sitting, you get back into your car sitting, come home, and there's not a whole lot of range of motion. There's not a lot of strength. There's not a lot of using your body at its full capacity. So over time, your body just starts printing off those things and limiting those abilities because it says, Hey, looks like Joe blow doesn't need this. So I'm going to save him some energy and I'm going to save him the fact of using this stuff. He doesn't need it, but you can regain it. It usually takes some effort. You're going to have to go through the rigors and the pain of regaining some strength, regaining some mobility. I would say, as a universal practice for the rest of your life, everybody should be incorporating some form of strength training or some kind of mobility training, something to keep your movement up to a certain pace throughout your life to where you're going to get something out of it. Otherwise, you, you literally regress to the point to where you get to where you're in a wheelchair you're on one of those little scooters running around, you're out of shape, overweight, you're on a walker getting around, you got a cane or something to help assist you. That's not where you want to be. So making basic movements like squatting down with your butt to your ankles, not with weight. I'm just talking functional mobility, um, standing up straight, reaching up over your head. Like you mentioned yoga. Yoga is, as you get older, like super beneficial for people, for flexibility. You know, 10 years ago, you wouldn't have caught me involved in this. And now at least four or five times a week, I do yoga because my flexibility has gone to shit, my mobility in my body parts and stuff. You know, I never gave up strength training, but I never did really concern myself with mobility training. So now at an older age, as I've started stiffening up and getting, you know, tension in areas, you know, I blew up my back when I was younger and all these things are coming back to haunt me. I realized that I've got to do something. So I started incorporating, like I said, four to five days a week doing at least 20, 30 minutes of yoga. I've got a program that I go through that does my full body that stretches my shoulder capsules, my arms, my chest, uh, back, um, my legs, knees. Um, so, but I mean, I'm basically going through a full routine to stretch every portion of my body in a real quick matter. And it's not overly strenuous, but it, it has regained mobility for me. In some instances, I could say now I'm more mobile than I've ever been in my life from something that simple. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially after you get used to it after a while. That's the part that a lot of people suffer through. Same thing with working out or going on a diet or whatever. It's like the beginning is always the hardest to swallow. But after oh, yeah. you start getting yeah. used to it, it's not so bad, you know? Yeah. But definitely people, I think they get 
I think it's just started at a younger age, honestly. But I think it's more, it's definitely very it's hard to though, people. right? When you're yeah. young, because you think, oh, well, I'm always going to be this flexible. I'm always going to be this resilient and bounce back from everything. I did when I was younger. I thought I was. I always throw this out there. You think you're invincible. I think it's a universal trait. You're a teenager, you're in your 20s, you just think, oh, I can do anything and get away with it. Life catches up with you and your body starts slowing down. Its ability to regenerate, your flexibility goes away, your strength starts going down. So you are not invincible. It comes to get you. But yeah, starting the stretching routine was a bitch, dude. Personally, I mean, when I started doing it, I did a basic yoga program. That was so simple. And I found out that I was a complete fucking pussy. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh my God, these simple movements, I can't fucking do them. I was falling over. I was having horrible pains just doing simple stretches. I was like, I got to start paying more attention to this. I got to do this on a regular basis. And, you know, I've been doing it for the past, eh, probably three or four years now. And I can squat down easily and touch my butt to my back of my feet and stand right back up and be touching my toes. And uh, it's not a problem. But when I first started, no, I wouldn't have been able to do that without falling over and then touching my toes. I couldn't touch my toes. I could reach down about halfway down my shins. It was horrible. You know, I had pains in my shoulders too, in my lower back. And lots of the stretches that I perform now have loosened up those areas so much. I've got more to go for sure, but I've made huge progress and it's motivational it makes me want to keep doing it and keep moving forward at least. I mean, I, I don't think no matter how hard I try to do it, I don't think I'll ever have the flexibility I did when I was younger. I mean, the rigorous amount of stretching and calisthenics and all the stuff I used to do whenever I played basketball and ran track, that's like, man, it's not even feasible today, but I still get, I mean, cause I, I used to be able to put my foot over the back of my head. I used to be able to touch my knee to my forehead, touch my toes, all that. Yeah, and, that's uh, that's I, phenomenal flexibility. Yeah, on top of that, you know, I mean, I was relatively athletic. I mean, I ran a lot, um, played a lot of sports outdoors. I didn't lift a lot of weights early on, but um, as I got older, I started doing that. And I think that's kind of when I got away from doing the stretching and all the important stuff that people forget about. And so I've always, I've always, even though I've been able to get in the gym, work out, uh, even moderately run on a treadmill, stuff like that. It's uh, a far cry from where I used to be. And if you appreciate it early on and you take it into your routine early on, you know, you'll have it with you and you'll, it'll, it'll stay with you. But if you slack off on something like that over years and years, I don't think you can ever 100% get it back. Um, but I think it's still important to incorporate that kind of stuff. People don't realize they're, you know, even in your forties, you feel a little bit, you know, like I'm not, you know, I'm not very mobile. I'm not really, but then you got to realize once you hit your fifties and sixties, dude, I mean, I know I've, I've seen my mother, she's 80 years old and she can, I don't even know how the hell she walks. Right. And I see so many people in the same situation as your mother because they paid no attention to any of this and they just let it set in. It creeps in year by year and eventually they're, almost incapacitated, almost immobile without help. They need walkers or they need somebody to help them doing things. And it's very, very sad. And it's not something that you have to accept. You definitely can do something about it. The one thing I'll say that I don't want to completely disagree with you, but being in our forties now, I don't necessarily think that you can say it's impossible for you to get back to where you were as far as your flexibility and your youth, because I think if you put enough emphasis on it every single day, you probably could be as flexible as you were when you were in your teenage years again, but you would literally have to place 
an imperative amount of importance upon that. Like it would have to be something you spent 30 minutes to an hour every single day stretching and little by little, yes, you're going to get better and better. And before you know it, you're going to be able to lay down on the ground and lay your head on your legs and reach your toes and do crazy shit like that, you know? Um, but it takes that effort. It takes that work because you've let it slip so far away, Yeah. but you can get to it. It's not impossible because there's plenty of people that I know that are in their forties and fifties that can do unbelievable flexibility, you know, examples that I, I look at personally and I go, I've never been able to do that in my life. I can't believe somebody can even do that. Like twisting into a fucking pretzel. And it's just, yeah. cause, it's cause of their uh, intense practice that they do every day. They, they pay so much attention to it. So it's possible, not necessarily that we all need to be uh, like a gymnast or something like that and be ultra flexible, but mobility as you get older is so fucking important or you end up like Danny's talking about his mom where she can barely get around because she didn't pay any attention to her mobility. And another sidebar is of course, she probably never strength trained. So she's lost bone strength. She's lost tendon strength. She's lost muscular strength. It's horrible for you as you age because sarcopenia and losing muscle is one of the biggest things that cripples people as they get older because they lose muscle at such a rapid rate. So you can't necessarily gain tons of muscle as you age, but you can maintain at least a semblance of strength and a certain amount of muscle to where you can support yourself and doing any kind of resistance training, of course, builds bones, tendon, ligament strength. That's one way you can look at that. So use it or lose it, man, it's so easy to let time just kind of glide by and forget about the fact that you need to take care of some of these things until it's a problem until one day you're going down to tie a shoe and you blow your back out or you reach back to, you know, grab your seat belt buckle to buckle up and something pops in your shoulder and you're like, Oh my God. Yep. Bend over, touch the ground and take a big fucking shit in your drawers while you're oh, doing my, it. <laughs> oh my God. My fucking anus ripped and a turd came out. I blew out my back and it unloaded my fucking into my drawers. <laughs> it's, it's, it's sad and almost inevitable for almost everyone, man, because nobody's going to pay any mind to it. They just, that's why I'm they, calling attention to it because I don't want people to just think you have to accept it. You don't. That's why we need to pay attention to this use it or lose it statement that has been around for ages because it really does matter. And it's, it's above and beyond uh, us talking about mobility, flexibility, muscles, tendons, ligaments. That's one thing. Um, what about your heart? What about your lungs? I mean, as you age, you don't use those. Well, you lose lots of capacity with your heart, your heart variability, your heart strength, your lungs, the ability to take in oxygen and expel carbon dioxide and that stuff comes from doing some form of cardiovascular. If you sit on your ass all the time, now I'm not talking about go out and let's start fucking running a mile every day. What if it's just cardiovascular can be a walk, taking daily walks, simple stuff, you know, that, that forces you to use a little more oxygen to pump your heart a little harder than normal. If you're doing nothing, that's a big step. And if you don't use it, you lose it. So, I mean, there you go. Your heart's going to start suffering. Your lungs are going to start suffering. They're going to be more inefficient. Body is always looking to prune off things that you're not using and save energy. It's an efficient machine. So you got to force it into some kind of stress to keep it at optimal functioning capacity. And what about your brain? You ever thought about that? I think some people, uh, they're going to lose it no matter what, but some people never have it to begin with. <laughs> the retards <laughs> of the world. Plenty of those. Yeah. But, uh, I definitely believe there's a lot of things. I think you have to kind of keep your brain trained. And if you don't, then you end up suffering. Start 
being useless in certain, because I mean, the brain controls so many aspects of life. Your whole body is, is controlled by your brain. So it's like you might start being forgetful about things or losing memories, or maybe there's weird things you start doing. I think it's important to keep your brain trained. A lot of people don't like to these days. Well, like they, you're saying, uh, people are going to go, well, I don't want to fucking train my brain. What, what the fuck is Danny talking about? It doesn't mean you need to go to school to get some kind of special training for fucking your brain to stay sharp. It means doing things that engage your brain that make you think. Now, if you just go about your daily activities and you never pay any attention to anything else than just doing your regular activities, like you, you're not into reading, you're not into writing, you're not into uh, doing anything that engages your brain on a technical uh, level, like doing artwork, playing an instrument. These are things that keep your brain sharp. So do you not have any of those things that you're involved in? I mean, I think no matter what, it's not like you have to be an artist and you need to be playing a guitar or a a drum set or, you know, you need to be painting Picasso or something like that. Oh, that's all great. If you're involved in those kind of artwork things, doing some kind of artist uh, work in those fields, that's cool. But what if you don't have any of that shit? Well, what's wrong with reading a book? That is highly engaging for your brain. What's a book? Most people these days don't have a fucking clue. (laughs) What about journaling? What about writing? Highly engaging for your brain. These these are all things I do. maybe Maybe I'm weird for it. I guess maybe it's almost like I'm an anomaly these days. But I like to read and I love to uh, sit down and uh, script out podcasts and view information and read new information, stuff I have no idea about, but I want to learn about. Research. Yeah, man. And that stuff is fun. It's I guess it's more about the shit you shouldn't do, like sit in front of a TV eight hours a day and write your brain away. There is a way to disengage your brain, zombify, and do nothing. And more and more technology has stolen the capacity of our brain because me and you grew up and we had to memorize a phone number. I had to memorize your phone number to call you when we were kids. Yeah. Or I had it written down somewhere. Eventually I would look at it enough. I didn't have to look at it anymore. I just knew, Hey, Danny's phone number is eight, one, seven, two, nine, five, blah, 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 whatever it was. Four, four, seven, eight, two, one, eight. There you go. So, but but that that that's that used to be the thing. Now nobody memorizes phone numbers. Another thing nobody does memorize directions because everybody uses GPS. Yeah, we, fuck reading a map. We used to have to memorize directions to get to places. We used to have to look at maps and premeditate where you're going. What roads am I going to take? Blah blah blah. Now, nope. Google ways. Apple Maps, whatever it is you use, you just type in where you want to go. You don't think about it. It, is, it just talks to you. Take a left here, take a right there. Here you are. What, you just arrived. What the fuck is cartography? <laughs> Isn't that something they used to do back in the 1600s? It's funny, man, because it wasn't really that long ago that we were, I guess, before TomTom hit the market, before cell phones had GPS, you know? Tom Tom's hit the market, man. Right before that, man, everybody had to they had to read a map or write down directions. Or if you're or if you're the typical man that women like to bitch about, try to remember the directions and then, you know, of course your wife's gonna piss and moan when you get lost. But yes, as as all men do, or so they say. Fucking man thinks he knows everything. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I mean that's that's true. I remember even in my teenage years, uh Maps goes like these books that had all the directions to everywhere. You had to flip through the book and find out where you wanted to go and how to get there and shit. And it it took brain power. So just just that's a consideration to think about is now we don't have any way of 
doing this stuff anymore. I mean, we could, but most oh, it's people- still available. I mean, everything, all our old technology is still available. It's just people don't, you know, what's the sense in that? Everything is about on the fly, easy as fuck. And, you know, when the microwave was invented in the late seventies, that was, do you know how long it took to cook a TV dinner? It was like 40 minutes. I shit you not. But the funny thing is, is people, because of the, they said it was the convenience factor back then having a microwave was not fucking convenient at all. Those bitches caught on fire, exploded, all kinds of shit. Ah. But I will, but, <laughs> but I will say <laughs> that it, it started a new brand of thinking because the marketing was at why fucking worry about running your hot ass oven. We're just nuke your shit. Even though it took longer to cook a fucking TV dinner in the microwave than it did the actual oven, you know, people bought into that whole idea. You know, it's like the marketing was just there. And people were like, oh, I'm sold on it. It's easy. I'm I'm lazy, so fuck. It it was the beginning of the convenience marketing. Everything quick, faster, easier, less work on your part, less thinking on your part. Just, you know, push some buttons and it's fucking done for you. I would, you know, it's kind of like we were talking about earlier today about how you take somebody, you send them back to the 1950s, let them wake up there and see what they think. Kind of like if you took somebody from the 50s and let them wake up today, both shocked on, on, I guarantee you, both people would be completely shocked. But yeah, the difference is, the difference is, is I, I think that that whole convenience thing has made people lazy. You know, somebody sent from, from today back to 1950, they're going to be like, what the fuck? I have to do everything for myself? <laughs> you know, Google's not telling me how to live my life. What? Right. This is annoying. To me, I, I think that's kind of one of those things. Everybody likes the convenience factor and it's caused people to be less motivated to do things for themselves. They, they always look for the easy way out. And it's, it's, because of that. You suffer. You suffer from everything. Right. It, it causes you to use less of your brain power. And since you're <laughs> using your brain less and less because you are going subordinate to an AI system that does everything for you, then, of course, you're just like everything. I told you, your, your mind is another thing. Your brain will start printing off neurons and things that it doesn't feel like it needs because they... C- to consume energy and your body is an economical system. So if it doesn't feel like you're using it, then you lose it. You have to find ways to engage your brain, to use your brain. And that can be reading books, doing research, writing, whether it's novels or journaling or whatever it is, find ways to use your brain. Absolutely. As we get older, this is very important because dementia and Alzheimer's is just growing and growing. More and more people are suffering from it. And I'm sure there's some correlation between the fact that, you know, there's all these freaking weird vaccines that are causing problems and shit throughout the ages. But also the simple fact that less and less people are using their brains for remedial tasks uh, like a phone number or directions or things like that. You, you defer over to technology and you do everything with it. We didn't have like calculators everywhere back, like in school, you didn't even, you weren't allowed to have like a calculator. Now everybody's got their phone and they do all their math on it. They don't have to do addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, all that stuff on their own. We had to. You think about those kids today, like I think about my, like, say my son, it's, uh, he's a sophomore in high school. I'll, I'll use him as an example. I thought, I was like thinking the other day when I was looking up stuff and I was looking at facts on, uh, Encyclopedia, Encyclopedia Britannica, which I thought was hilarious because I remember as a kid, I had this huge encyclopedia collection. I did too. And then it it had two dictionaries. One was like A through something and then the rest was something through z or whatever it was like two different dictionaries and then also i had a paperback because those were like nice leatherback like from the 50s or 60s or something so and there was an atlas and i remember i had an atlas in a globe of the world and then also i had a thesauruses but i was just thinking to myself could you imagine kids today being told oh my god here's your 
fucking encyclopedia. Good luck researching that bitch. Right. You know, they would flip out. They're like, what? I remember having to do uh, reports on, uh, like Harry, when I had to do one on Harriet Tubman, I remember that's what I went to. I went to my encyclopedia. You, I yeah, to you dug, you dug through your encyclopedia books. You did your research there. You didn't have Google to turn to to just give you automatic, easy answers. Um, that's the way I grew <laughs> up too. I was uh, luckily I had a huge encyclopedia set thanks to my dad, and I had a good dictionary and uh, had lots of books on animals and all sorts of stuff like that. He got me tons of books, so I, I researched and looked through all that stuff all the time. Um, kids now don't know what that's all about, but trust me, the more we defer to technology and the less we use our brains, then. I hate to say it. It's just going to make us more and more dull, more stupid. And it's going to make dementia and Alzheimer's even bigger problem as you age. I I think it definitely will help contribute to it. I think the people that aren't exercising their brain and have a shitty diet are just destined to get fucked because, you know, they're contributing a lot of diet now to Alzheimer's and dementia. And they're saying that there's certain things you can eat that, causes it and there's certain things if you don't eat can help contribute to it so between that and the fact that people you know like i said they rot their brain away watching i think they say the average american watches like something like three or four hours of tv a day oh yeah it's something yeah it's something stupid like that i'm just like i mean i don't mind what like sitting down and watching like a documentary or maybe catch a tv show once in a while but man dude if you sat down and I do occasionally play video games, not as much anymore as I, now that I'm older, but I just, I can't imagine sitting around and using all that spare time that you do have. I mean, cause between work and sleep, man, you piss most of your life away right there. It's like, why do you want to use the few good hours that you have to make yourself dumber? Right. You know, to not benefit from actually doing something like going out in the garden and working or, Picking up a book and reading it on your back porch because the weather's nice. It's like, take advantage of that shit, man. I don't understand it. One thing you said, like, okay, yeah, Netflix is kind of... Netflix or Hulu or any of these uh, services where you just rot your brain sitting there watching endless entertainment, binging. You could do one thing that you said that actually does engage your brain is watching documentaries and learning about things. That's a different way of actually using those technologies. We need to take a quick break. Listen, you can support this podcast for as low as a dollar a month. That's like less than a cup of coffee, a damn stamp. It's a dollar a month. It's nothing. And if you're enjoying it, it would greatly help me out keeping this thing going. You can donate up to $10 a month. Now, if you'll look below where you clicked on this podcast, there's a support link. Click on that, and you can go there and make any donation you choose, and you can cancel it anytime. There is no hassle. If you do it, I would greatly appreciate it. And if you can't afford it, I understand. I'll still keep putting out great free information so you can look forward to that. Thanks, everybody. Okay. One thing I feel like we covered pretty well was the physicality part, but I didn't bring into uh, the discussion a couple things that are overlooked as people get older. What about running and jumping? (laughs) Two things I'm not very good at. Right. So say... All of a sudden, a bomb went off just a hundred foot away from your place. And you see like some planes that are flying overhead and you and Mandy and the kids, let's just say y'all need to get out of the house and take off running. How hard would it be for you and Mandy to run? I mean, I can run. If especially like fast at a slow, you know, like a, I should say a quick sprint for a short distance if I had to. As far as the jumping thing, I mean, I'd probably just dive out a fucking window. That I think I could do no problem. But, you know, as far as like actual jumping, uh, I just try not to do it. 
Somebody's chasing you. Let's play, let's play this game. Somebody's chasing you with a fucking gun. They're going to kill you. They've mistaken you for somebody that they need to kill. Of course, you would never do anything that needed to be uh, deserving of a gun death. But you're you, you're running from somebody. Better. This would work better if you just tell it as it's probably somebody that actually wants to kill me. Okay. So, because so, there's probably people that do want to kill you. Oh, yeah. Um, so, okay, Danny, you can run. You're a couple miles from your house. You're just walking back from the grocery store. Fucking throw your groceries down. The motherfucker takes a shot at you. You take off running. You come into a area where it's kind of boxed off on all sides from buildings. And there's a fence in front of you that is about eight foot tall. Can you jump, grab that fence and get over it? Oh, yeah. Uh, definitely eight foot fence. Okay. Anything higher, anything higher than that's really pushing my boundaries. But yeah, I can still jump over. I can jump and touch above eight feet. Okay. So you could jump up, grab that fence and get over it. Lots of people would just have to turn around and go, you got me and take the Shit. bullet. Shit their pants. <laughs> yeah, they just have to take the bullet. By the way, while I'm scaling that fence, I probably already shit and piss my pants because some dickhead's chasing me with a gun. So, but I, I, I definitely think I have the upper body strength to pull myself up over a fence. You know, I'm just coming up with some generic fucking crazy. Most movie. people can't. I guarantee you, most people probably. No, couldn't. no, no, no. The scenario I just laid out, most people having to run from somebody or jump up over a fence or something like that, they're dead. This uh, contract killer is going to meet his quota by assassinating them. That's just something to think about. What can you do to carry on your life and still be able to do moderate jumping, maybe some running. I mean, cause most people, if I told them to walk out of their door right now and run down the block as fast as they could, somebody would pull something, somebody would run out of breath. They wouldn't be able to make it. Okay. And, and just jumping. What if you had to, for some reason had to jump, maybe that's something we should consider as we get older is every once in a while, to take a short jog, to take a little run, just to see if we can even do it. Um, and jumping. What if you just uh, did jumping jacks or jump a rope? That's not intense jumping. That's just something to still maintain all the bodily functions that are involved in jumping. Not in a crazy fashion, but still to the point where you can do it, right? Yeah. I would say until the day that you die... I would like to possess the ability to run. I would like to possess the ability to jump without horrible pain and agony. Yeah. I mean, I, that's one thing I miss is I actually miss being able to do that. Cause it's so helpful. Like on a basketball court and stuff. Um, I was that, always blessed. That was with a having, great, you, you saying that I'm sorry to butt in on what you're saying, but you just brought up something that I didn't even think of. There is a fun sport for anybody to be involved in that could incorporate running, that can incorporate balance, coordination, jumping, all these things, playing basketball on a regular basis. Yep. And you don't for have sure. to be strenuous. You don't have to go play, you know, one-on-one -on -one games with the local hoods and playing hardcore games. I mean, I'm talking just go do a little practice at the basketball court a couple times a week. And that's going to incorporate some jumping. It's going to incorporate some running, some um, mastering, uh, bouncing the ball. That's coordination. That's balance. There's all sorts of things involved there that'll keep those faculties sharp instead of letting them go to waste. Yeah. Cause that, that kind of stuff disappears quick. That's that, that went before, like I used to be, I'm not, I was never really strong in high school. But what I did have was I had good speed. I could jump really far. I was good at long jump. That was one of my, my track, one of my track specialties. And that, between that, and I could jump pretty high too. I mean, it, I think my sophomore year is the first time I was able to actually jump from the ground and actually tippy, uh, put my tips of my fingers above a 10-foot rim. And that's the first time I was ever able to do it from a standstill position. Now, I could actually jump higher if I was in a moving position. And I had a great ability. I could even do hurdles pretty good. Um, one thing I will say, <laughs> not to mention about running from the cops and Burleson, 
But uh, yes, we did do that. Yeah, once upon a time, I actually used to be able to hurl chain link fences without touching them. Yes, and I, I, I actually, uh, I proved that on more than one occasion in running Burleson's <laughs> finest. But uh, like, no, God, I mean that. But it's funny little, how that little fucker's fast and agile. Yep, can't catch Cap- you. Capable of getting away, that's for sure. Yeah, we never got never got caught. I look at it as a good exercise for the police. At least we're training them. <laughs> Yeah, Lord, Lord knows that when we were growing up in our town, the cops weren't in the best of shape. There was a couple that were in really good shape, and even them, they still couldn't catch us because we were like grease lighting. Yeah, one of, one of them was a, a former track star in college. Actually. That's probably that one that we blazed that one evening and had to jump over a fence and all that shit, right? No, the only time I ever ran from him was the time he got me over in a neighborhood behind H&M Grocery way back in the day. And I oh, actually, okay. I actually, he, he caught up to me because I had to scale a privacy fence that was wood yeah, and it had those sharp points at the top and oh, just pulling yourself over that. It sucked, dude. But I did get away. I tore my shirt off me and, yeah. uh, I ran and jumped the next yard and I cleared, I literally cleared uh, a three and a half, four foot chain link fence without even touching it. But <laughs> From me coming down on the other side, I felt him briefly grab my shoulder. So he was like right on my ass until I started hurting fences. <laughs> so yeah, if you, if you don't use it, you lose it. Those two things were the first things for, to go for me. Like my ability to jump really good, both high and far. And then, then my speed, my, my ability to run really fast at great distance. Well, I don't want to say great distance. I was never a great long distance runner unless I was running from police officers, but uh, <laughs> then adren- adrenaline helps. Yeah. I was more of a, a, a fourth leg guy in a 400 or a 200 meter at most. And uh, I really in- excelled at the hundred meter and, but I so I never ran really far, but I will say those were the things that first went with me. I, I think that getting busy in life and changing things in life. I started working out more. I wanted to be stronger. I was never strong as a kid. I was just fast and agile, Yeah. but I wanted to be strong. And so I got away from the things I, yeah, I got away from the things that honestly are really important. I think. Yeah. I mean, I I agree with you. I was like Spider-Man when I was a kid. I mean, I was so fucking fast. I had endless endurance. I could jump over fucking anything. I literally thought if Spider-Man existed, I would be him. You'd probably make but, a better movie than them. Yeah, uh, yes. But I definitely was scrawny as shit when I was a kid. So yeah. I did the same thing as you. I said, I need to focus more on starting to lift weights, bulk up, get bigger, so I don't have to run from everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have those 18-inch biceps, man. Women love those 18-inch biceps. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Once upon a time, I'm sure. Mine were probably 12s. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I mean, I was looking back at some pictures of me back in seventh grade, dude. And I looked like fucking Clista Flockhart. I was like, <laughs> I was so fucking skinny, dude. I looked like I had anorexia or something. And, and I guess what made it worse is I, in the picture, I was standing next to, uh, well, I won't mention them. Uh, actually. Yeah. Cause they're both dead. But, uh, Aww. in the picture, the guys that were in it, we were all so skinny, man. But I was yeah. so much I was so much taller than them though, dude. That's what was trippy. I was like a skinny fucking beanpole. Me too, dude. Me too. Dude, I think it's I think when I finally hit six two, I was about almost I was almost six three, six two and a half. And uh I was literally weighing about 170 pounds, man, in that picture. That's fucking stupid. My my waist, I remember back then was like 28 inches. How fucking crazy that is! Yeah, I was. I weighed Dude. less than you did. I was around 160 something pounds back then. So, yeah, it's fucking crazy. I was uh, I was built like a rail too. You just had more height on me. I wish I was still skinny. We, we were lean. We were lean and mean. We were fast and we were agile, but we de- definitely didn't have any muscular size or strength to brag about. That that came with a little bit more age and going and hitting the gym. But yeah, th- those were two things I felt like we skipped over that people don't think about that either. 
yeah, the, the agility, the mobility, the strength, uh, keeping your muscle up as you age, your tendons, your ligaments, bone strength, all that stuff matters, but you should also be able to do some simple jumping without it. You know, I got a shin splint or I blew out my fucking knee or, oh, it fucking hurts or, uh, you should be able to take off and, and do a dash for a hundred yards without dying, you know? Yeah. At least I'd say a hundred yards. I don't care. I mean, it, being in your forties, fifties, you should be able to run a hundred yards without having a fucking heart attack. Well, some people, some people that are like, especially heavier built people, man, you, you couldn't ask them to even get off their feet. I know some people that are so big that like, if they tried to jump even six inches off the ground, it'd probably jack their shit up. But yeah, that, I, you know, people will honestly come on and say, Oh, well, you know what? Those basketball players, they jump up in the air and come down and they tear their knees up. And it's like, yeah, but they're like flying, dude. They're like, they're professional. You're looking at professional fucking athletes. That's not normal. We're not talking about jumping like NBA players. Dude, those guys get three and four feet in the air. Right. Professional professional athletes that do this god-awful hardcore competition nonstop and for them to maintain that, lots of them do get injured, but lots of them spend millions of dollars a year on recovery, rehab. Oh, God, um, yeah. You know, trainers that massage them, that take care of them, stretch them, uh, doing ice therapy, hot therapy, all sorts of different modalities to keep them where they can perform at that level. So this is not normal for most human beings. So don't ever try to compare yourself to a professional fucking athlete because what they do is not healthy. Honestly, it's not healthy. They look like the epitome of health, but performing at that level is not healthy. No, I mean, that's kind of like if you look at pitchers in baseball, man, them, them guys, all the wear and tear, how many times they throw the ball. And, you know, like I think one in three of them, at least one in three of them have Tommy John surgery throughout their career, maybe yeah. even higher than that at some point. But so, yeah, I'm not saying to go out and do something unnatural that your body's not going to be yeah. <laughs> okay doing. Yeah, we don't need to aspire to try and match up to LeBron James or, you know, fucking any of these crazy athletes. What, <laughs> whatever these amazing athletes do that are professionals, they're beating the shit out of themselves and they're getting paid millions of dollars to do it. And they are lots of times suffering major injuries. And if they're not, they are getting millions of dollars of rehab done on them on a regular basis to keep them capable of performing at the level that they're performing at. So we're not talking about that. We're just talking about more simple stuff to basic human functions you should be able to do way later on into your age where most people are getting to the point where, you know, after their 30s, most people are just straight downhill. They're not doing yeah. any anything to maintain any of these faculties. And so they are not using it and they are just straight up losing it until they are crippled or just a burden. And it sucks for them and it sucks for the people that love them that have to take care of them. That's why I just wanted to bring up that little part of the physicality uh, equation that it seems like uh, I just kind of skipped over it, but that matters too, you know, and we've talked about the mind is it's important that you use your mind because you're going to lose that. If you don't use it sexually, that's something important, right? Depends on who you ask, I guess. (laughs) Some people don't give a shit. Maybe they just got to the point where they gave up because uh, they're an ugly guy or an ugly girl and they can't seem to get a date. They can't seem to get a partner. Um, They can't be sexually active uh, for who knows whatever reason, but there's plenty of people that want to be sexually active, but they don't have a way to do it. Or maybe they do have a partner and they're just so out of shape that they can't function like a normal person should be able to. There's got to be a reason there. Usually if you can't keep up with, you know, the sexual appetite of your partner, it's because you have a deficiency somewhere with something physically. It's you should be functioning normal. You should be able to sexually keep up with your partner. And if you can't, then it's usually going to cause problems and resentment 
the person to start looking somewhere else for their needs to be fulfilled. You got to use that or you lose it. Yeah. Well, sex drive, definitely. Like it's kind of one of those things. uh, And I've talked to people over the years that got married, weren't with their partner for more than a year or two. And we're already just not having sex at all. A lot of them, a lot of them had said that it was just like drive and motivation and a lot of them, I guess, because they got out of shape when when they got married, and that's a normal started, thing. That's a normal yeah, thing, Danny. I see that sure. all the time when people get together and a the, the couple unites, married or just boyfriend girlfriend, whatever. They get comfortable. They start sitting around watching TV, going to movies, eating dinners, drinking, and just hanging out, relaxing. And that same motivation they had to be in shape and be on their best and look their best and be in good physical shape it's they kind of lose it because hey you know i found my partner i don't gotta stay at my best anymore well you should stay at your best because for a lot of reasons yeah yeah it's it's not just because hey you're comfortable now because you found mrs right or mr right that's great but if you want there to be longevity in your relationship you should be able to be functional sexually or your relationship's gonna go to shit i'll just tell you that Oh yeah. I mean, especially if you got a woman that's, you know, really wanting, you know, to be sexually active on, you know, and some, some women, man, their sex drives, they're sometimes far greater than men's, but then again, sometimes not could be circumstances. But if you have a partner that's after a year of marriage or two years of marriage and you finally get bored of her or whatever the situation is. Yeah. I mean, if you, don't make an effort. I guess it could work both ways. If you don't make an effort, somebody's going to be displeased and somebody's going to walk away or they're going to start cheating. That's usually the case, but right. And then ultimately it just ends up with a split. So I would say in those cases, that's usually because you're physically not taking care of yourself. You're eating shitty food and you're not communicating with your partner about whatever of uh, resentments are building up or whatever inadequacies, what's not making you happy. Got to talk about that kind of shit. And then you got to put in the work to stay a sexual beast, a sexual Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> <laughs> like Jesse yeah. Ventura would say. Yeah. I think, uh, I guess the moral is if you don't use it, your dick's going to fall off. <laughs> yes. One day you'll wake up and your dick will be on the side of the bed. I feel so bad for people that actually have legit problems, man. I don't feel bad for the ones that like just get obesely fat and they can't see their own dick. And they're like, well, even if I could find it out, you know, I'm, uh, it's not working. Or even if it were working, I, <laughs> oh, I'm so fat now that I couldn't make it useful. So I don't care about those. Fuck. I don't want to say I don't care about those people. I just want to say that I don't feel pity as much for those people. But the people that actually have legitimate, like they have a fucking issue. That's not necessarily anything to be related to that. I feel so bad for those people, man. It's like people have suffered from like extreme impotence and stuff. And they're just like, Oh man, I'm like only like in my twenties, you know, and man, I just, I'm at my sexual peak, you know, I want to have fun. And it's like, but they can't, you know, it's like, they can't. There's usually an underlying reason. And yeah, that, that sucks for them, but they need to look. What is the reason? Go see a doctor or figure out, Am I just eating tons of shitty food? Am I taking antidepressants that numb my sex drive? I mean, start looking at the different reasons that could be causing it and figure out if you can alleviate them by doing something proactive to help. Especially if you're in a committed relationship and you're married, because I mean, I think that kind of stuff, maybe not so much as you get really older, it may not become as important, but I think early on in relationships, it is, you know? Women want to be paid attention to. And if you can't, you know, I, I say go see a doctor and get yourself a fucking robo dick or something. Yeah, I guess you get you one of those dick pumps or something. Yeah, that, either that or just go buy a strap on. So at least you keep your life, please. Ah, yes. Get a big, get you a, a big fucking gnarly knobby fucking 12 incher that you can ram up into. Either that or grab a baseball bat from your closet. <laughs> Take the Louisville, you bitch. <laughs> oh man so use it or lose it 
what things have we skipped? What things have we not covered that if you don't use it, you lose it? I know there's more to this equation than some of the stuff we touched on. I mean, I think we hit on some of the things that matter the most. What else is there if you don't use it, you lose it? What about socializing with people? What about the way we talked about phone numbers and maps and things like that? There's a huge lack of socialization between people now because everybody's on social media depersonalizing and not having organic relationships. So they don't know how to act in person with people through body cues, language, uh, looking at each other's face, body language, things like that, and actually mastering the art of communicating organically, not through a fucking phone or a computer. Dude, so... And that, here's the thing about this is we're saying if you don't use it, you can lose it. Uh, a friend of mine got out of a long term relationship, hadn't been single for a long time. He starts eventually after he's, you know, separated and it's over with for a while, he starts dating again. And he hasn't actually been on a date in like 12 or 13 years other than with his partner. Right. So starting over socially. Yeah, it's funny because you got Tinder and all these other ways to meet people and stuff. But it's like once you get to that point, even if you have that help, you don't have to do it old school like everybody else did, like going to the bar and, hey, what's going on? That's where it's actually cool because that can engage you into meeting lots of new people in person. It's a a fucking test of of sheer fucking will because most people are terrified. Like even if they don't suffer from like massive anxiety, I've just known from being in that situation and being around people and watching how they communicate with other people. It's so strange to me. I mean, I know I have anxiety, but I don't like toward other people. I just don't, I don't know why. Well, maybe they Unless don't, they, they don't know what to do because they haven't experienced it in so long, or they do have a fear of rejection or something like that. And that makes them incompetent when they, it comes to that physical meeting. So they need to do it. They need to do it more often. They need to go out and socialize with people more instead of sitting at home on TVs and computers and typing back and forth on their phone. They need to go out and socially engage with people in more ways. Not necessarily you need to turn into a bar hopping fiend going out every night or something like that. There's loads of different ways to do it. You know, you can find groups to meet up with that are on like uh, meetup.com that are maybe have a similar interest as you or something like that. I mean, I don't know. There's loads of ways you can meet with people and practice your social engagement, the way you talk to people, shake a hand, look them in the eye, um, introduce yourself, learn to memorize names, whatever it is. Pick up on these different cues that people have, facial you know, recognition, looking at them, the way that they're acting, their body language, things like that. These are all very important techniques that people are losing touch with. Absolutely. But, and that was a good example because that particular person I'm talking about just really, really was like, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know. How to, I don't get it. I'm not successful. I'm not good at it. It wasn't as big of an issue when I was younger, but now that I'm older, I just don't really know how to talk to people. And it's right. like, I think, I think some people, I think being social is very important for one. I think it's important for your health. Uh, definitely Big psychologically. Time. Great point. Um, I think if you're a loner your whole life and you don't have any damn friends or significant other, nothing in your life, except maybe a stupid cat or a, a dog or something like that, <laughs> dude, you're going to find yourself being more and more socially awkward, unless you're just a rarity like me. Me, I can go years without being around fucking people because I don't like them. But then I can go stand in a, a crowd of people and be like, hey, how's it going, man? And shaking hands and being like, I just have that mentality that whoever you are, you're not better than me. Plain and simple, I don't give a fuck who you are. Well, that's, Either- a, great, that's a great way of thinking. It truly is. Everybody, we're, all, we're all just human beings having this experience in this meat suit that we're in. Nobody's really that much different than one another. Nobody's better than you. Nobody's lesser than you. So treat them the way that, that, that is, I mean, that exemplifies we're all the same. So 
if you keep in mind that nobody's better or worse than you are, then we're all just people trying to get along in this world until the day we die. Who gives a fuck? You're going to get rejected. You're going to get friends. You're going to get girls that are interested. You're going to get guys that are interested in you, but there's going to be failures along the way too, when you have social engagements, but it's part of it. It's just part of learning. Well, people need not, they, the way people need to reflect on it is, is they need to start using that mentality because I think fear beats them down. They start thinking, okay, well, I'm not good enough. I'm not, you know, presentable enough. Whatever the situation is, they start putting it on themselves. Start, let's start pushing that back onto other people. Okay, this fucking asshole is arrogant. He thinks he's too good for me or she thinks she's too good for me. You know, this person's got problems. I'm not the problem, you know? Much and better you way of looking at it. If you have that point of view, that mentality, I believe that you will not have the social anxieties that a lot of people do have. I'm just one of those weird people. I have a weird perspective on things. I don't know. I think it's a good perspective. I think so too. I don't know too many people that have the same outlook that I do on most of my social views, if you will. Um, I think that I'm kind of unique in that manner. I'm not saying there aren't people like me. I'm just saying I don't know many people that are like me in that social unawkwardness. A lot of people I know, it's not like me and you talking. We're perfectly fine. But if you go out, you know, if you were to go out today and meet a strange lady at a bar or something, would you have a little anxiety? Of course. Okay. Yeah, most people would. And that's what I hear. But I'm just like, I don't, I think even when I was younger, I just never had that problem i don't think i had the same outlook i did when i was younger but i think i just always had that strong uh, opinion that if there's a person in this world that doesn't want to talk to me for who i am then fuck them you know their their loss you know good for them so yeah the social the social networking today is fucking insane it's all at our fingertips or at the, you know, view of our phone or laptop, tablet, whatever you got. Hell, you can even do it through get, uh, video game systems now. So right, it's, the, the, it's in your house everywhere. Um, and it, it causes you to not be the person that's going to say, I'm going to pick up the phone and call my boy today and see if he wants to go play some boots. And that way afterwards, you know, we can maybe go out to eat or something and catch up. You just don't get a little, I mean, there are people that still do that, but it's just not as less and less. Yeah, yeah, man. And especially with kids, it freaks me out how aunt, my, my son. Well, that's what I'm more worried about than anything is the upcoming generation is indoctrinated with this new system of communication to where organic meeting, getting along with people and being comfortable in those situations is going to be more and more awkward as the years go by. And that is completely antithetical to being a human being. It's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to organically meet, greet, enjoy other people's company and revel in relationships with other people. I see more awkwardness out there. I see more people avoiding contact with other people and looking just very awkward and having difficulty in these situations. And I think it's something that, everybody could work a little bit more on. I mean, because we're talking about if you don't use it, you lose it. So let's just keep it real. Hey, most people are having issues with this nowadays and you can find loads of ways, like from what Danny said, call up a homeboy and say, let's just get together and go for a walk. Let's get together and shoot some hoops. Let's get together and go to the mall. Let's get together and go people watch somewhere, do something like that. Uh, maybe let's get together this evening and go to the bar and kick it and just uh, try randomly walking up to some chicks or if your girls do the same thing. I mean, whatever it is, these are, I think, lifelong skills that are going to benefit you because if you have the ability to have good relations with other human beings, it opens doors to you in all sorts of areas of your life, not just in relationships as far as sexually. I'm talking it opens up relationships for friends, for business contacts, for all sorts of things. Yeah, I was going to say there's an extreme example I could throw down. Like my son, my youngest son, he's about to be 16. It's so weird, man, because like in public, in places around people and stuff, he's real quiet. 
kind of standoffish. You know, it's not like the big known person at school and stuff. He's pretty quiet, keeps himself. I mean, he does have a few friends. But then, dude, like you walk walk to the other side of the house and you keep hearing these like screaming noises and crazy shit going on. And dude, he's like on Xbox with his friends and he's like a whole different kid, dude. He's in there just laughing, cutting up, smiling and, you know, making jokes with his friends and talking shit. And it's like a whole different kid. Well, he, but that's it, what I'm saying. He's wired in. Right. He's online. There's a depersonalization there. And there's an avatar that is not them. That represents them in that world. So they're not comfortable with who they are. They are comfortable with that video game character or that avatar that they're being in this game world. And it allows them to feel more comfortable. Yep. But not in their own skin. So that is not a good thing. Great. I mean, it's great that you can do that on video games, but you should be able to transfer that into the real world. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, great point. Okay, well, we're running up on time. So, I think we've gave plenty of great examples of use it or lose it and why it's important in your life. What do you think, Dan? Is there anything else we needed to hit? Uh, in, gen- in, gener- in general, I felt like we, we skated over lots of very important factors of why you need to use it or lose it in your life and many different facets and subjects that are relevant for everybody out there. So hopefully it's helpful. Yeah, we can hope so. Yeah, that's all we're trying to do, man. Pass along some good information for folks that they can use, hopefully make your life a little bit better. Don't don't waste uh, valuable brain cells like I'm doing right now. Well, it's been, it's been a good discussion, man. Thanks for joining me on uh, doing this use it or lose it little mastermind discussion that we had. And uh, we'll leave it at that. That's plenty of good info for everybody to work from and to think about and make some improvements in their life. We'll just leave it at that and join everybody on the next one that we do. Yes, hopefully mine. <laughs> yeah, in fact, uh, Danny does have a podcast coming out soon. Um, just I'll leave it at that. We're not ready to expose the name or exactly what he's doing just yet. But when he launches, I'll let everybody know so they can go check out the podcast that he's going to put out. And hopefully I'll be able to make an appearance or two on his podcast as well. Oh, yeah. I know it'll be good. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody out there, take care. And we'll catch you on the next episode of Keeping It Real. Later, Dano. Do not consider these episodes as medical advice or expertise in any area. I do deconstruct some experts and their material and deliver it to you, but please do all of this at your own risk.